What's up, everybody? It's your boy Tommy Tribble. <laughs> Are you trying to be like what was that guy P- Peter McKinnon? Yeah, sure. That's how he always opens his. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Is that the guy? Video. It's like, what's up? Everybody? What's up, everybody? Yeah, he always well, is like, what? We can't. I can't do P noises that much because I don't have a pop filter, so I have to be really careful. That's yeah. why this mic's always off center. Yeah, always that well, air just goes. <laughs> what's up? We're here, Hello, everybody. We're here. Um, you're listening to Five by Five Nine. This is the podcast, uh, and if you somehow got on this podcast by accident, welcome. Welcome. This uh, is actually at the intersection of politics and culture, so maybe you took a wrong turn, but you're here with us now, yeah. and we're here to help you. Um, so, yeah. how, how are you? Uh, I know we talked about your emotions before we turned on the pod, <laughs> but you can lie now. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, yeah. So I can lie now. Yeah, you can well, lie it's now. Fe- it's February 3rd when people hear this, so mm-hmm. it's February... Oh, happy Black History Month. Happy Black History Month and happy almost Valentine's Day. Happy almost Valentine's Day. Um, If this is February, then pretty soon we should have some stuff cooking for you guys, um, journalistically. So we're looking forward to that. And then if there's anything that y'all want to see from us, like you can, especially if you're a patron, you can just say it on Discord, but... If you're not, yeah. you can always like email us or tweet at us or whatever you want to do. Yeah. Shout out to our Patreon, our patrons. Our girls. They're the ones keeping the us. The Discord bad is. Paid. I'm just saying, y'all, the Discord is lit. I mean, it could be more lit once you're in it. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why I pointed at the webcam, but, like people are watching this. Like, yeah. You could be. Well, the, the, the tea of it is that like managing a Discord is like hard because it's like hard to like organically create conversation. Like it's really up to the people in it. So, which is, you know, we talk some shit. Yeah, that's why we need more alphas. We need more Leos, more Scorpios. We need need more alphas in the chat who can steer. Yeah, that's what we call ourselves in the Discord. Everyone in Discord is like an alpha. Actually, they're Sigmas because a new male dropped. You know, new males. (laughs) There was a Sigma male. Uh, Okay. Wow. Well, the, the crazy, God is just patching the craziest things into our world. Every day, God is playing tricks on me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but oh, well, it's raining right now too, so that's always a news and present. Look at us God, making small raining. talk. Actually, at the it's time we're raining. recording this, there's some sort of like storm front that's rolled over the whole state, um, and there was like snow in Malibu, and there's like crazy winds yeah. and um, and like a, a just like constant rainwater happening, which is you know, cool. In any in any other state, that wouldn't be a talking point. I mean, but the East Coast, is, that's a regular We're thing literally giving the girls the weather on the pod right now. Yeah, guys. <laughs> the uh, weather I'm from a week ago. I'm recording live from a week ago. It's raining. <laughs> and I hate the rain, man. I love the rain. It sucks. I love it. I think it's, it makes well, me depressed. you're sad because you can't go for a long walk, like three miles when it's like raining. Yeah. You should just get some rain boots and a raincoat. And you I honestly miss summer. Yeah, and you're I, weird for that one. I usually don't say that, but like during the summer last year, I lit, all I did was put on my really short shorts mm-hmm. and I would walk for like five miles in the heat. He had the good. he had the five inch inseams. He he looked hot. Oh yeah, five inch five inches inseams, guys. You guys wouldn't you know this wear, because Ram is always really well dressed, but Ram actually has really nice legs. Um, I do. They're I always, they're immaculate. They're paper clips. My 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 th- my 
What are those things? Calves. Calves. Rams calves are like the slope of the pyramids of Giza. Like they are, they are out. Those don't really have a slope, but they're, but they're beautiful in their architecture. They're out. If you guys haven't already noticed, this is Tommy's way of trying to get me a Valentine's Day. Yeah, I am. I'm always marketing. I'm always plugging my homeboys. I'm always plugging my homies. Every time I meet a single girl, I say, well, have you heard about my homie? It, sometimes yeah. it's Ram, sometimes it's someone else. You know, I'm always selling, pocket yeah. my wares. Because I'm a wingman, and it would be nice to have a wingman of my own, but I don't have what do that. You mean? So, <laughs> <laughs> callbacks, baby, callbacks. Uh, I'm right here. What the fuck? <laughs> callbacks. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I miss heat. I miss walking. You know, I kind of, I'm kind of getting tired of rain. how cold my feet are too at home. A little bit. Yeah, but I don't miss the PG&E bill when it's hot. So I mean, you can just be hot in your house. No, mm, unacceptable. No, I, I unacceptable can't be done. I, uh, I soldier on. I'm like, there's no AC going on. I it's it's 100 degrees inside my room. I don't care. I'm not turning it on. I have a fan, but yeah, we keep our house at a smooth. Um, 70 ish during the day when it's summer but it's really hard to maintain when i first moved in i was like 68 that's where it's at but economically very challenging to do that especially when it's 110 outside so yeah, yeah this year just because money's so tight i think i'll probably just um get in my car and leave uh maybe i'll just <laughs> drive what? maybe i'll where just dr- maybe i'll just drive to the bay and just be there where it's chillier until, and then drive back. And by the time I get there and back, the whole day will be over. And so that's, uh, I don't know I if guess the, that's the, the math plan. works. I guess that. that's the plan. I don't, I don't know, know if it, you, I don't know if you like would. It really depends if the, money. if the Starbucks are open by then, like the, the cafes, then I won't have to do that. But we'll oh, see. on that, on that topic, people like the Biden administration thinks that we could get, Oh, actually no, some million. people, th- some people think that we could get everybody vaccinated by the end of the summer, but I'm like hearing conflicting reports where they're like, yeah, we're not going to do that. That's not realistic. We're not even going to get all the old people vaccinated by yeah. the end of the summer. Well, I saw Biden say that he wanted 300 million produced by April or something or May, May, April, which is know. which is a crazy task because that's like everybody in the United States. But it's like clearly distribution is the real problem, not production, because we have so many that are going to waste. I thought it was production. They haven't made it. As much. Uh, that's true because we literally didn't. Oh well, yeah, that's true too because we literally didn't vaccinate last this week because because they were out of yeah out supply. yeah like literally um, out not even none of it was going bad they just used it all up yeah so but, I guess we're vacillating between two problems but yeah and uh, the other problem that what not not everybody's gonna take it because uh, right they just don't want to but <laughs> I think I actually think that the desperation of going back to normal will compel people oh I'm desperate. Yeah, enough to go and try to get one. We have a mutual friend who talked his anti-vax friend into it very easily. So I no think way. it'll work out. I do. I think it'll work out. See, I'm like at the audience. I don't even know who the mutual friend is. I'll tell you after, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, yes, I know who this friend is also. Like, are we friends? I'm just yeah, uh, well, mutual enemy, I don't know. Um, I'm just <laughs> kidding. Um, so, yeah, this vibe check This vibe check today is a little weird, you know? We're, Why? We're, we're both just, we're, we're both... We're both it's a little gloomy. We're it's both a little depressing. gloomy. Well, great. But normally for me, it's not. Like, I'm fine with the outside being like this. 
sometimes. I, I think it's very it. beautiful, especially after it's over and the sky is like that beautiful, just just uh azure abyss you know and it's just like oh no also like, uh, well i was driving so it made me fucking piss people a little rain and everybody fucking loses their mind mm, on the road like true. Can you guys get your shit together it's just rain slow down you don't have to speed up like why why are you going the same like speed that rain wouldn't be when there isn't any rain like do you on. i i i yeah, wonder if i wonder if you want to well that won't really work because this comes out in a week i was i was thinking like oh maybe you could talk about like what your favorite story was from the last newsletter but it'll be way out of date by then so maybe we could talk about a big story that you think will probably make the newsletter this week i don't know that makes sense i haven't even i haven't even looked oh i've been adding i've been adding them i've been i've been adding them in there see oh a little uh little uh what's it called look inside baseball yeah yeah here's how we do the newsletter the newsletter we 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 have this thing called pocket, and then we would just look at a lot of stories throughout the week, save it so we can read it, or either read it and then save it for later so we don't forget, and then we source it like that. That's me opening my um, hydro flask. I'm a very trendy girl. Yeah, but that's how we do the newsletter, and then we read it, and then we see if it's good enough to make it in, or if it's relevant enough. There's some stories I just and if not, we got it. It's hard to because it's like stupid. Yeah, and part of the curation is the fact that there's like more stories than there is space. So as yeah. the week wears on, some things become more and less relevant, crowd other things out. Yeah. Yeah. Whenever I write also, the newsletter, I, I end up cutting like at least five or six links that are there. Yeah. Also, like we never cover crime because I don't believe in crime. I mean, like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe she that. She doesn't uh, believe in crime. crime abolish crime. Abolish crime was crime. abolished. It's already over. Uh, but no, I, I actually agree with you philosophically on this though about covering crime. That's what we. Yeah, well, I would never like. That's not our job, and yeah. I would never want to highlight crime, anyways. We pay, like, we pay, Larry and Ashley and Crescentio for that, you know. Well, <laughs> and by we, I mean only one of them McClatchy. does that now. <laughs> yeah, only McClatchy does yeah. the new the crime coverage. Yeah, which I've always had a problem with crime coverage but i mean it is yeah, there is of, a you need to know what is going on it's good we're talking about this because it's kind of a i feel like this is relevant to our guest who's a journalism instructor maybe this will come yeah. up yeah oh yeah i feel like i feel like with journalism like what crime coverage it, there's a certain hysteria that comes with it because it overemphasizes crime and makes it seem like crime is very heightened at all times when yeah. before this last couple of years, crime was like really on a decline. Like, you know, it wasn't like yeah. murders were on a decline. Like um, when it wasn't on a decline, it was consistent with previous years. With the pandemic, crime really has heightened. So I guess you could say there's logic for covering it now, but it's not like the bees coverage of crime has changed. You know, it's yeah, it's always covering it. <laughs> um, also, I tried calling them out for like including uh, mugshots. Which I thought they were gonna stop, but it still happens. Mm. Uh, and TV stations just don't give a shit. Yeah, <laughs> they're just like, yeah, we're just gonna post their faces and have fun with that. Well, if TV stations stopped doing crime, what would they oh, do? They would just have a black screen for like three hours. <laughs> what would that be like? Have you ever watched a co- election coverage on election night before the results are out? It would just be that for hours. Yeah, <laughs> like you, nothing. We don't know anything. Are we ever gonna get a? F- tv reporter on this podcast not at this rate the only person i want on the podcast is corin hoggard he's oh he's dope the only cool one he's um, also he did some problematic shit oh I mean, really like, 
I haven't heard of this. I mean, <laughs> what's the tea? Can I say it on this? Podcast? Well, it, it, there's some practices that was just kind of weird. Like one time, there's this kid, there's this like college student that like was in the news, but that he literally went to the house, to his house, mm-hmm. and asked him like, "Why did you do these crimes?" These, I think he was a peeping tom. He literally went to his house to confront him and be like, why did you do this? The camera was like far away. and But but this dude fucking answered the door. I'm like, you're first of all, you're fucking stupid for even answering the door and answering his questions. But it's also weird on the journalism or on the journalist side to even go yeah. and, like, and tape that shit. It's kind of weird. Uh, but anyways, Karin, I forgive you. Get on the podcast. Also, I, a, a peeping Tom. No I mean, I know that. Obviously, sex crimes are bad, prevalent, etc. But like a peeping tom, like that's news. I thought perverts were I everywhere. <laughs> uh, there's two They're on this everywhere. podcast right now. Oh god! But yeah, I don't know. That was kind of weird. Yeah. I just thought it was. It a weird, sounds a little weird, but uh, it was a weird. Uh, I don't know. Ethic ethically, I was a journalist. Would not do that. Yeah. And would not air that on television. Hey, it is it is what it it is what it is. Um, we all do different things in this fabric of Central Valley coverage. Yeah, you know it's because uh, the B covers crime that we don't really have to ever do that. Um, and instead, we can cover things we like we can cover things like um, pegging, the dark web, Peg- incels. Yeah. Where's that? Um, where's that article last month? Um, yeah, where is it? Well, if you look at the Patreon tiers, it says at eight hundred, actually at a thousand dollars, I guarantee one article a month. So we still promised one. We're waiting. <laughs> we still we're, promised. We're one. waiting, but um, yeah, I want to do one for February. I definitely wanted to do one for January, but didn't materialize. So I'm excited for the future. Patrons, y'all need to put, get on the Patreon. So motivated ass <laughs> maybe uh, when i get that anyways. first check i'll be like all right here we go <laughs> anyways anyways our our guest today is kathleen shock uh advisor for the rampage at president city college what else is her title okay well <laughs> i'll i'll introduce her when she's here but yeah, yeah we're gonna be talking wow. to kathleen shock she's uh she hosts uh the valley edition at kvpr um and she's an instructor and an advisor and an advisor instructor. yeah um, and actually, uh, Ram and I are both alumni from, uh, the rampage. Yeah. Uh, we both cut our teeth, our journalism teeth there. Um, I've never understood that phrase, but you know, whatever. Um, <laughs> so we're going to be, so, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be fun. Uh, it won't be very much memory lane stuff because we served under a different advisor, but we're going to be looking at, you know, what it's like running a student newspaper during a pandemic. Uh, spoiler alert, not great, not great. So, right, yeah, can't wait to can't wait to get into it. All right, we'll be right back. See you guys on the other side. All right, um, all right, we're back. Uh, she is the host of KVPR's Valley Edition. Uh, she is a journalism instructor at Fresno City College and the advisor to the Rampage, the student-run newspaper of Fresno City College. Kathleen Shock is here. Hi, how are you? I'm great. How are you? Oh my god, terrible. Weird. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta fake it till you make yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, come on. No, you this do. A, you do. A, you have to fake it. Kathleen is uh, giving us the insider tips. You just gotta fake it. Also, Kathleen is probably the most that the guest that sounds the best. The audio ever. is crisp. <laughs> the uh, yes. audio sounds so good. 
But you have to understand, um, in this pandemic, we've been interviewing the girls with the um, with the Apple headphone mics, and yes. <laughs> we've been we've been knee I mean, deep in the Zoom calls. Kathleen. But you probably know all about that. Yeah. Oh, I know. I mean, listen, we I I, I just started really just started uh, regularly working with KVPR when the pandemic happened. They were just kind of like, uh, "Here's a microphone, <laughs> here's a recorder. Uh, we're gonna go home and figure it out." And so those first interviews, man, were brutal. Like mm-hmm. we were just winging it. I mean, it's, yeah, I, I feel you. The struggle is real. Yeah. We didn't know what zoom was for this pandemic. It's crazy. The minute everything shut down, suddenly everyone knew what zoom was. It was like the most common word I heard every day. Um, oh, without a yeah. doubt. So I had worked from home beforehand. I spent like a year ish working from home and long enough to determine that I hate oh. working from home and I never want to be on another Zoom meeting again. Uh. And then the pandemic happens. So <laughs> and you learn to love come it. True. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so so did that ninja training of working from home already prepare you for anything that you've seen so far? Oh, totally. I mean. Yeah, I mean, it 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 helped me in the sense that like I already had my office set up, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like things yeah. like that. But also just mentally knowing like I need to leave the house once a day, and you know, I don't necessarily have to put on pants, but I should at least have clean pants available mm-hmm. should I decide <laughs> to get mm-hmm. dressed that day. So like I I I I knew what to expect. You know, I didn't really think of this interview being a lifestyle thing, but as someone, know, but well, everybody else is working from home, but you have it. experience. Like you could really speak on like the tips that the girls need to know about working from home and stuff. Like yeah, because a lot of people who listen to the podcast do work from home at this point. Um, yeah, Listen, we're all tips? experts now. Mm-hmm. We are almost are a year into this business, so <laughs> true. Uh, Tell me, my <laughs> Kathleen, my work life balance is just off the fritz. I mean, this is my only work, but there is no more balance. Yeah, there's no life. It's all this. <laughs> like I, I game and I work right here in this box. Like I do everything right here, uh, and I'm just going insane now. I think. Yeah, my news director literally asked me today, do you ever leave that room? To which I said, no, I, I, my family brings me food. I, I lower things in a basket down below if they need them. I don't, I don't leave. Yeah, neither do I. It's like a prison. Neither, none of us. Of our own making. I mean, Tommy has to leave because. Oh, I am a regular. Be, yeah, I'm an essential worker. You have to <laughs> sacrifice yourself to the economy. Yeah, an essential coffee brewing worker. Uh, very important. Thank you for risking your life to keep us <laughs> yeah. caffeinated. You, yeah, and you, you would not believe the number of people I've been COVID positive in contact with and not gotten it. Like, it's really crazy. Um, thank the Lord. Yeah, thank you. Ooh. Yeah, it's. um. It's 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 spicy out here. Um, yeah, but we're he's dodging in. it. Yeah, dodging it yeah. left and right. Dodging it like Neo from um, the Matrix. Yeah, absolutely. COVID. <laughs> <laughs> Just like. <laughs> and when I yeah, get that exactly. vaccine, that's like going to be like getting plugged into the Matrix. <laughs> like everything's going to change after that. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> everything will be different. Um, I can't wait. <laughs> so I, I guess I, I want to ask you, like, where are uh, uh, radio journalists on the getting vaccinated timeline? <laughs> <laughs> oh, listen, journalists don't get any special treatment. I mean, none. And it's funny. I was talking to a friend of mine who's a journalist here in town. And early in the pandemic, some a, f- a friend of hers referred to her as an essential worker. Mm-hmm. And she was like, you know what? I am. Mm-hmm. I absolutely am. But why doesn't the public recognize that? Which is probably a bigger conversation. But um, yeah, no, 
TV, uh, radio journalists are way low on the totem pole yeah. to get vaccinated. But fortunately, teachers are pretty high up. So I'm excited about that. Oh, true. Oh, yeah. So that's a, actually a great natural segue. You're so good at this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, but so you you actually had just become advisor of the Rampage when this started. Um, and that seems awful uh, to have oh, yeah. <laughs> inherited yeah. this. Um you know, perhaps no one since Obama has inherited such a mess. <laughs> so I guess I want to get into your head and ask, like, like uh, what your experience was like and to get more into that um, teaching. Because well, you're really molding young minds to do this essential work. Oh, yeah. boy. Oh, make it sound. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, maybe, maybe I'll, I'll put it in simpler terms. How's the rampage these days? Yeah, how is it, how is it these days? You know, how's it's it different. It's different. Um, you know, we're not doing a print edition anymore. We've mm -hmm. gone all online. Yeah. I honestly don't think that's going to change. Mm -hmm. I think that this was, um, yeah. this probably forced us into an inevitability. Mm -hmm. Um, but here we are. Um, you know, it's, it's, I think the thing that is the most different and the most, uh, missed is the camaraderie. Mm. So we have it to an extent in a virtual environment, but there's nothing that can replicate just a bunch of, you know, bodies in a newsroom eating pizza and looking over each other's shoulders and cracking jokes. Mm -hmm. And um, that's the stuff that I miss. That's this, that what I think the students miss the most. And I really feel for those who are new to the rampage, which is almost the entire staff. Um, yeah. They just, they don't, they're not getting that experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That was the best experience in the rampage. Uh, there's a lot, <laughs> that room has seen a lot of action. Uh, also just a lot of napping from my end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's that, there's a disgusting couch in the rampage that I have napped on too many times. Yeah. One passable couch and one like disgusting, lonesome <laughs> couch. I don't know if it's still there. Um, I haven't been there in a while, but yeah. Yeah. Neither have yeah, I. Nobody has. Yeah, nobody nobody has. Nobody's, in the room. Nobody nobody's has. ever been there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, I hope nobody from the, no, oh, actually I'll just say that later. Um, I was, so I, I, I saw, um, a piece from the last, um, editor in chief of the publication where he pointed out that it went from, in the in a similar length of time, like the rampage had covered like 137 stories or something like that, and this past semester they had covered 40. Um, and I totally understand why, because like it's hard enough to get new journalists, new student journalists, to cover things when you know they can see you and you can really impress upon them with the very eyes of Notre Dame how important it is <laughs> to get this done. Um, but to do that over a, a webcam and to mainly probably correspond with sources over email and zoom sessions and, um, and to, and to do all that without kind of that camaraderie that you talked about, uh, that must've been really difficult for all of them. And I just wonder, did you find any success in, in sort of getting these kids on the right foot towards journalism and stuff like that? Because I could definitely understand the challenges. Yeah, it's a great question. You know, I, I think, and I also want to point out that I think the decline in story production was a result of just the size of the staff. We lost a lot of students mm -hmm. yeah. when we went online. And so by the time we got to the end of that, uh, what spring semester, mm -hmm. uh, we were down to, I think maybe 11 students. Oh, mm. I mean, it was, it was a <laughs> skeleton crew. Right. Um, you know, and, and when we, when the shutdown first happened, 
I think the reaction that most students had was, well, we can't, we can't do it. Mm -hmm. It's impossible. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, and I, you know, really pushed back to them, you know, at, at that idea, you know, it was more important than ever Mm -hmm. for, for the rampage to be doing its job, to be documenting the stories of how the pandemic had impacted the students, the campus community, the campus itself. Mm -hmm. You know, this is a historic moment and no one, I mean, you've heard me make this rant in class, but no one um, journalistically is going to be paying more attention to Fresno city college than the rampage. So Mm -hmm. Every story they didn't write was a story that kind of got lost to history. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, you know, I think that given the constraints, it, it took a little while for them to kind of wrap their heads around it. It's like, it, it's, you couldn't do that thing. Like, well, go out and find some students. How do I do <laughs> yeah, that? Exactly. <laughs> right? Oh, but yeah, right? Basically the foundation of every story is just gone. <laughs> right. But it's, but it's not gone. Like it's just changed yeah. and yeah. it's more, it's more difficult, but you know, I, I was just before we got on was reading um, rampage articles. Cause that's all I do mm-hmm. yeah. uh, at edit, edit student work. Yep. Uh, but it was a, a great story that where they interviewed several students who had uh, reduced their uh, unit load as a result of the pandemic or yes. were struggling with anxiety or whatever. So, I mean, the stories are all there. Almost everybody is a story at this moment, mm-hmm. um, but our tools to access those stories have just changed. So I feel like this semester we've been in um, shut down long enough that we're getting a little bit more comfortable figuring out how to mm-hmm. exist in this world. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I think the focus really is just on keeping those fundamentals solid, you know, making sure the stories are accurate, making sure they're balanced, making sure they're, you know, written in a way that's easy to understand and easy to follow. And and so it's just really become, I think, a time to focus on the fundamentals mm. and, and just extend a lot of grace to one another. Of course. What else are you going to do? I, you know? I know in the first, when in the, shutdown first occurred I, I i'm pretty sure there was a there's like a guidance that like the reporters weren't allowed to like go anywhere physically to cover anything and when that happened i was like oh god <laughs> yeah. right. i was like well then how i was like so is it even possible you know and this was before we had a lot of the science we have now where we understand like that you know if you have a mask on and you're alone you're relatively but this is before we knew anything about that um this is when we were talking a lot more about COVID being on surfaces versus the air and things like that. So, you know, I, I just, um, you know, I really feel for everybody who is in the rampage this past uh, two semesters um, or this semester and the last one. Um, but did you guys try anything like, was was any, were any ideas buoyed about that were like new and interesting, totally out of the box, like approaches to this that you wish had kind of, fermented more, you know what I mean? Like any, any different kinds of projects, I guess. It's not my paper. You know, I mean, I, I always have thoughts and ideas of things that I would like to see done, but I, I really try to keep myself in check. Mm. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I'm there to support the students in doing whatever they want to do. And I could certainly like, you know, I nudge, um, but, but it's, it's their paper. So, you know, when we first went into lockdown, uh, they started a podcast, which I thought was a really cool idea, oh, yeah, but then it, it just kind of uh, didn't carry on into the next semester. And, and you know, that stuff happens. That, that always happens at the rampage. Yeah. One gets right. started, then the next, it, it's up to the next staff if they want to continue that stuff or not. Yeah. But I, I do think the thing that I, 
I know that the current editorial staff is really focused on this semester, and I, I think it's a appropriate uh, so, a focus is on social media, especially now mm -hmm. that, you know, the publication is all online, you know, we're, we're thinking about, you know, things like, you know, driving traffic to the web mm -hmm. and, you know, yeah. increasing engagement and building audiences mm -hmm. and, and social media is where that will happen. And so I actually think, you know, it's in a weird way, it's a great learning opportunity yeah. because those are those are real conversations that are happening in real newsrooms um, that will you know provide students experiences that can translate into the real world. Yeah, yeah. I oh I'm sorry, Ram. Go ahead. Uh, no, I was just gonna say I didn't even realize the print edition was gone. I for, I, I kind of forgot about that because I'm not in it anymore. But I knew that was gonna happen eventually. Mm -hmm. and to the to people who didn't know, my whole job for like half of the time the rampage was making or the layout designer. So that position is Gonzo's. Gonzo's. Um, <laughs> um, well, but who's to say it could come back in some sense. Oh, like yeah, there could the, be a laid out PDF. Yeah. I think yeah. there should still be some graphic design, but yeah. When we started doing this, uh, our, our little dog and pony show, I was really thinking about the <laughs> rampage, like, Oh, like they should do like some sort of like, curated newsletter thing of like campus events and like a few, like a very, a few longer stories that it would link to. Um, and then, you know, but obviously I'm way out of it. So I'm like, you know, I'm yeah. like, I'm not going to backseat manage the yeah, no, things, but, but like, I, I, I didn't even know who the editor in chief was, but right. I just followed her on Twitter. Yeah. And I saw her story. We'll, about, we'll probably have her on, on this. On oh, that would be so point. nice. Um, yeah. she's great. She's, she's wonderful. Yeah. I, I would love to see a newsletter happen. Um, and that's, you know, again, I'm trying to, um, really focus on just the fundamentals, yeah. you know, yeah, well, that's, that's what you get, have get, to do teaching these kids. Right. So yeah, that's totally. Yeah. Trouble. But once we're back in, in person, I think in lieu of that print edition, uh, you know, every other week newsletter, mm -hmm. you know, will sort of create that rhythm again. Mm -hmm. And, um, also, you know, build an audience, mm -hmm. uh, you know, that email. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, list is you. You guys know you're you're doing yeah, no, it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, but we there, do. Yeah, I'm. Uh, damn. Now I'm like, there was this guy at the rampage who would always call if he didn't get the paper. Oh Tommy, yeah, do you remember? Yeah, that no, name? I've gotten that call a few times. Um, I wonder how he's doing. Yeah, <laughs> like, is he coping? Is like, he? Is he he's not getting there. the rampage anymore. Yeah, it's so, it's sad. To Someone think about. check on him, please. But I I want to I I think it's interesting what you said about um it being a learning opportunity. Cause I would always tell everybody that like, um, cause I would sit in on those like advisory board meetings and stuff. And I would really stress like that it's a class and a newspaper, but it's also a teaching tool. Like it's all three of those things. So like th this will be really like a, a um, crop of journalists who have dealt with like probably the most difficult conditions you can yeah, have. Probably. So that's yeah. something, but then also like the rampages social media presence has always been really weak. So this is a great opportunity for it to be, more powerful and to and to grow much larger than it was before out of just necessity which is that's kind of like invention me. right so. <laughs> it's funny tommy that's literally our fault yeah well yes <laughs> <laughs> because we didn't do anything yeah. with, i mean like everybody else previously yeah yeah we're 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 another failed link in the chain as it were but <laughs> but, <laughs> like, we should have done more of that when we were there yeah well you know um it's like uh it's like when uh hillary told trump like you you didn't pay any taxes and he's like well you were in congress you didn't make it so I had to pay taxes. Like it's, very, <laughs> it's very that energy. It's that energy. Yeah. <laughs>
Um, so you're the Trump of that scenario uh, and the rampage. Let's not is... examine it too much. Let's <laughs> 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 not examine it too much. Um, yeah. Uh, gosh, it, sound, it sounds so difficult, though. Um, and then yeah. for this to be your first semester as advisor, like, were you ever worried about, like, oh, God, you know, like, what are they going to think? Like... <laughs> oh, oh, there were many uh, sleepless nights or waking up in the middle of the night, just like in a cold sweat or, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it was really, it was really nerve wracking. Um, and that, you know, my first semester full time, uh, was just, it was a lot. It was a lot. Um, yeah. How do you balance that with your work at KVPR? I don't. Oh, I see. I mean, <laughs> There's no balance. Yeah. I mean, so like last semester, at least the first half of last semester, I would mm. work just insanely long days and mm. I, I didn't take any days off. And um, fortunately I, I have a very lovely husband who happens to be a great cook because he oh. just completely took over the house because I was nice. just working. Mm-hmm. Um, now it's a little bit better. The transition to online was unbelievably time consuming mm-hmm. and, mm. and arduous. So now that I've gotten all my classes moved over it's not nearly as bad gotcha. so you know mm-hmm. i usually i usually work i take one day off a week i mm-hmm. uh so i work one day on the weekends but uh, you know we're able to get it done mm-hmm. yeah um so so what the, oh gosh so one thing i wanted to ask was um with with the tra- with the transition to online like at the same time that was happening there was also these huge like uh Black Lives Matter demonstrations like going on at the same, virtually the same time, a little bit after into the summer. Um, like how, how was it to be <laughs> managing this school newspaper with all of these challenges and then like a really spicy, like social issue happening and then maybe feeling like the coverage like couldn't get there because of all these other challenges. Yeah, it was, um, whew, it was a difficult time. And I mean, I think, I'm, and I'm I'm not going to speak for all black people, but um, as a as a black person, it was just a hard time to be. Mm-hmm. Um, it was very difficult to be in conversation with people that I loved. It was, you know, uh, it was uh, everywhere I looked, I was frustrated and angry. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, in terms of the rampage, yeah, I mean it. I don't, I I don't want to, it's their paper mm-hmm. and I'm yeah. there to support them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, and it's not that it, it just, it, the cha- the challenges were so intense, um, which is unfortunate because it was such a sort of seminal moment. Um, and, um, you know, it is what it is, but I did, I did have the radio show as a bit of an outlet and it really became that for me. Um, it was a space where, you know, I could have the guest on that could say the thing mm-hmm. that I couldn't say publicly. Right. <laughs> and, yeah. and so that, that was, that was good. So do you think that you kind of found solace in you know, from, from the, the, from the tense social situation in the world and the tense situation with a whole new method of teaching overnight do you think you found solace from that in just you know the third thing your other job your more work that was Uh, yeah oh absolutely absolutely it was um it was very affirming like i had dipna on right 
the show, uh, you know, to just talk about what it's like raising black kids in America and, you know, and being able to, to have those conversations and share those conversations publicly, um, was definitely a a bit of a comfort in a, in a difficult time. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, I, I honestly, we just talked to the education lab, um, from the Fresno Bee in our last episode. Um, and, uh, we very much talked about, um, you know, K through 12 education and how like teachers and students are coping with that in this time. But one of the reasons I really wanted to talk to you was because in that conversation, I didn't think we would be able to delve into what it's like at the collegiate level, teaching college students, all of this going on, um, you know, in higher education, which demands a certain level of investment. Right. So, so I guess, I guess by, I, I really don't know how you guys do it <laughs> and uh, cope with all that. I've spoken to college professors who've told me that um, they've never seen so many students tell them that they're not going to come back next time. Yeah. And yeah. I was just wondering if you'd heard stories like that. And if so, like what you, what you think and like what going forward will happen. You know, Fresno City College was, um, like many community colleges in California, a place that saw a pretty significant decline in enrollment as a result of the pandemic. Interestingly enough, the CSU, or at least Fresno State, I know, uh, saw enrollment go up. Uh, we saw it go down. And I, it, mm. at first it seemed curious, like, why would that yeah. be? Uh, but when you start to think about it deeper, we just serve a different population. With some of the, there's some overlap, of course, mm-hmm. in, in yeah. terms of our transfer students. But there's also a lot of community college students who, um, you know, are just there to get training, um, to help them professionally. They're there to maybe uh, learn a new skill or, you know, they're older traditionally than uh, four-year university students tend to be. Um, they're more diverse. They're more likely to ha- have kids. They're more likely to be working. And so thus they're dealing with more of the challenges that the pandemic provided uh, compared to mm. what we see of four-year university students. So yeah. when you think about all the stuff that community college students were grappling with, it kind of makes sense that school can wait. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. um, and, and then the other thing I heard a lot from my students is that they just didn't want to be online. Like they just didn't. And and frankly, if you're in a community college, this it might be easier to take a semester off without this, you know, implications of that being too significant. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, 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 the more I thought about it, the more I talked to students, the more it made sense. But I'm, I'm to your question, Tommy, I, I think it's going to be really interesting to see what happens on the other end of this. Are we going to see a big push of enrollment? Um, all of these deferred plans. Mm-hmm. Um, are we going to see more students interested in maybe switching careers or gaining new skills as a result of the employment uh, issues that they may have faced in the pandemic? I, I mean, I think all of these things are possibilities. We just don't really know. Mm. Um, and, and you know, something that I think is kind of unrelated but related to all of this is the mental health crisis that yeah. this pandemic brought on. I mean, my students, I've, I've heard some absolutely horrible stories, heartbreaking stories. Um, it's just been incredibly hard. And... Um, I hope that this experience doesn't do such permanent damage 
that those students are, are not able to um, reassess and, and come back online because, you know, that's what we want to see. Yeah, the mental health aspect, especially because there's a lot of conversation about like, well, we should reopen schools just so we could uh, kind of combat the mental health aspect, but also the pandemic is still happening. So it's really a tough balance. It's like, yeah, we want to keep all these schools and colleges closed for, you know, health, but also we should open them because of health. <laughs> so it's right. just really, I feel like we're just going to lose the lose. It's a lose-lose situation. It really is. And it's so funny. I, I feel, I, I feel everybody's point of view. I, mm-hmm. I don't think there are good guys or bad guys yeah. in this debate. And I, I particularly think about like families who have kids with, you know, mental health issues, severe mental health issues who've been stuck at home. I mean, it's just the amount of suffering uh, that people mm. have experienced over the last almost year now is um, it, it really feels like a war. And and I think that it's going to feel it's going to continue to feel like a, like a wartime event, even mm-hmm. as we come out of it and, and kind of look around and assess and go like, oh. how, how, how have you been? What, what happened to <laughs> you? You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. What have we done in a year? What have we done yeah. in a year? Yeah. I, I definitely, I definitely feel that. Cause I feel like with high schoolers, it's like, Oh, you guys are from the one that didn't get a prom. Like <laughs> you guys are, yeah. yeah, there's like, this will be a whole era where people will be like, this is what, how I spent the apocalypse year. Um, or two years. We don't know how long it'll last. Um, <laughs> three years probably. Yeah. Um, I think. Yeah. Did, what? So I asked, I actually asked this of the education lab too, but like what gives you hope as far as like, have you, have you seen any stories that are, perseverance or determination, you know, anything like that? No. Ah. No, just, uh, <laughs> that would have been oh, no. delightful. I would have been like, oh my gosh, okay, let's let's get into it. Let's cut up. <laughs> no, no, I mean sure there's plenty of there's plenty of great stories out there. I, I will say one There've been a a couple instances, a few instances of students that I've seen really thrive as a result of this, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, particularly students who, um, you know, have disabilities that make it difficult for them to be in a classroom space. Mm -hmm. Being online was an equalizer that Mm -hmm. really allowed them to, you know, have have the full experience. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. That was really cool to see. You know, and there was like there was a, a young woman who was in one of my classes, who was a great student. I'd had her for a couple of different classes. She always showed up. She did her work. She sat in the front row, but she never made eye contact. She never raised her hand. She never said a word. And when we moved online, and she got on those discussion boards, it was like she was a whole different person. Mm-hmm. Wait, um, what? People like she doing just those. Opened up, what? like had thoughts and ideas, and, oh. and and I'm like, oh, you're in. Th- this is you, and I I didn't know you. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like one of the one. This isn't answering your question, but one of the things that I'm going to take away from this is like there were some good aspects mm-hmm. of online education, particularly for you know those students who just don't do as well in a classroom, mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. I'm. And I know many other educators are talking about what worked and yeah. how can we bring that bring that you know into our classrooms moving forward. So, um, you know, th- there's it's not all terrible. Yeah, it's not 
you know, it's not all doom and gloom. That's what I've been actually so concerned about because with, so like for me, when I didn't have to pay that parking fee anymore, I was like, this is great. I mean, come on. I was come like, on. this is great. <laughs> <laughs> like, honestly. We got years back on our lives. Literally, that I literally to not driving around endlessly. We, yeah. yeah I, they solved the parking problem. We solved the parking yeah, problem. We solved Dude, it. That, that, that was like the shittiest story to write for the Rampage. Always, every semester, there's always a parking story. Parking story, bookstore. Yeah. Uh, you know, student services, psychological yeah. stories. It's like, it's, yeah, yeah. The training, the, the training wheels. The training wheel yeah. stories. Like, here, do yeah. these stories. The yeah. parking one. Yeah, that one's the best. <laughs> what are you going to say, Tom? Oh, uh, so for me, like, it, going into it, I was having, like, a very difficult time. And then when it went online, it was like a, it was like a reprieve from, from a lot of the things that were bothering me. Um. But that being said, obviously it's been very difficult for most people. So I've, what I've been concerned about is like, what are teachers going to take from this? What are they going to apply? Like, is there, are online classes going to be more available? Cause I've always noticed that if you wanted to take classes online, it was pretty much only core general ed ones that were even available in that form most of the time. Um, so, and I wonder if this has forced professors to like learn better how to conduct an online class. Cause obviously not everyone does. And like, you know, so I guess what I'm asking, what I would like to ask you is like, do you think the administration and teachers are going to like learn from this experience and like apply it to the future so that those students that don't shine in a classroom environment will be able to shine in a different one? Yeah, I mean, I think we're having a lot of conversations, <clears throat> excuse me, about lessons that we're learning from from this period of time. And I know there are many faculty members who have applied to make their classes online, you know, offer them as online classes moving forward that they hadn't in the past. I mean, this was all a big experiment, right? Mm -hmm. A big forced experiment. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I absolutely think that there's um, going to be some, I, I, there's almost no one that I've talked to who's an educator has has uh, not indicated that they're going to incorporate some of the things that they learned. Wow, that's wonderful. I mean, every, everybody's doing it. So uh, yeah, it's that's hopeful, I think. And and the thing about online is it does, it, I mean, if we could have both, that would be mm -hmm. great, right? Yeah. Like that's, that's, the, that's the best, you know, yeah. scenario. But um, yeah, I think that we are going to see uh, more, classes move online. I think we're going to see more um, flipped classrooms. So that's this concept of students watch videos, watch the, the students watch the lecture on their off time, mm -hmm. and then they do their work and their homework and their assignments while they're in class. Mm -hmm. Wait, what? So, Whoa, that's a, that's a new, that's a new thing. Yeah. It's kind of a cool idea, but it, it makes sense because mm -hmm. then you have the educator there when the students actually have oh. the questions that are doing the work. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. Geez. I've really enjoyed being able to pause and rewind lectures. Like that's been really great. Cause I have like focusing problems I've really noticed um, in the last few years and it's been wonderful to be able to <laughs> rewind the girls <laughs> and pull it back a yeah. little bit um, and be like, and, and revisit concepts. But what were you going to say, Ram? No, I was just going to say, Damn, I, I'm so glad I'm graduated. I'm just kidding. <laughs> like each time I hear like, I'm graduate, I'll never, I don't ever have to do this again. 
Oh, don't say so. You'll end up going back to school. You just jinxed yourself. Yeah, you're no, going I'm to. Not. I, why would I need he's a, a He's applying to grad school. We we know. I'm it. not. It's why would I go back? It's gonna happen. Why would I go back? It's, as for soon what? as I'm done, he's gonna apply for grad school. I know it. <laughs> I do kind of miss school, but like not online school. Like regular, you know, yeah. going to class, <laughs> uh, seeing people in the hall. Well, not hallways, but outside. You know, ditching class favorite oh ditching class was great yeah my Loved favorite <laughs> my favorite time dropping class even better <laughs> the, the permanent ditch you might say yeah it's like oh this this class ain't gonna work out there's oh that's there is a sense of like relief that rolls over you when you push no, that in community buddy. college my time in community college i was like at the at city for like five years i think or four i don't know it's way too long because i loved it so much but Every semester, I always drop a class without fail. I know I always drop a class. So I always kind of overbooked myself. And then yeah. like, you know what? This one's not going to work out. Maybe it's, that's why I was there so long. It's better to drop it, though, than to fail it, I guess. Right? Oh, without a doubt. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no. So... You get the double. I always though. take it personally, though, because oh. I get a little notification. <laughs> I've always like, wondered. What do you do? What do, you do? I don't even know this kid. And I'm like, why didn't Crystal want to take my class? <laughs> you're, like, you're like, Crystal. I didn't know they get a notification. Oh, now I feel- oh, yeah, yeah. I'm like, Crystal, go to my, you know, rate my professors. I have a very high score. <laughs> <laughs> do you check that, by the way? Oh, yeah. Do you read I only it have- a lot? Oh, oh, well, I only have like four. Last I checked, like four people posted, and I oh, don't okay. think anyone's posted in years. But yeah. oh yeah, yeah, you totally check it. There was a, I think the rampage one time, one year, I think not my year, but they did a story on like the professors who had a chili pepper. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's a thing anymore on rate my professor. It was though it's at not. one point. It was. Oh, it, they they removed it, but at that point, and most of them were guys. Like I think it was two dude professors that got the chili pepper and the rampage interviewed them and one of them was my old uh high school math teacher and i do agree with that rating <laughs> he deserves the chili pepper like oh he did shout out to mr allen mr allen is, hope he, you're is well. he still at city i think so i hope All so right, i'll have to stroll through the <laughs> math department yeah, yeah does he still have that chili pepper going on <laughs> also he was a great teacher because one time i was sleeping in class and then and I would never forget this because it's such a great teacher moment. I was sleeping in class. This is in high school. And then he noticed me sleeping in class. But instead of like being mad at me, he's just kind of like, hey, man, like you should get some sleep. And so you could, you know, don't fall asleep or something like that. But he was just really nice about it. And I was just like, okay. And then I just never fell asleep in his class because I felt so bad. I'm like, oh. I will never fall asleep because he was just really nice. Like, oh, you should get some rest so you don't feel so tired by the time this class happens. So I was like, man, you're hot and kind. Oh, Come on, man. Oh. <laughs> the, I mean, where are these men? You know, where are they? Then I learned algebra too. <laughs> oh, my God. That's how I learned how to do algebra. Because I've seen teachers like drop the whole textbook from like three feet above the desk. Oh, some people have done that to me too. I've seen yeah, that. No, they do that too. To many people. But... <laughs> I okay. I used to be very uh, good about checking the rate my professors before I signed up for a class. Like I would run it like the IMDb score. Like I would be looking at <laughs> yeah. it. I'd be looking at the Rotten Tomato score. I would be like, I'd be like, ooh, I don't know about like three. I don't know about that. And I would like look at the next one and I would compare. But I haven't done that in years. I haven't left a review in years either. It's been a long time since I looked. I a think review. it's not as big of a thing as it used yeah. to be. I don't know. 
Yeah. Anyway, I'm happy the chili pepper's gone. Yeah. I would I would have been obsessed with that nonsense. Oh. That would have been terrible. Damn. I wonder if prof- the professors compare their scores. Like, look at my scores. Do they brag? Do they brag? Like, I got a five, five rate my professor score. I've never heard anyone brag. Oh, damn. I, I, will, I will go on record and say, yes, I have looked at my colleague's scores. I, I, I admit that I have done that. Of course, I would look. I'll be like, oh, yikes. If I was a professor, I would definitely use that. Yeah, you're like, people. you're like, oh, you're talking all that mess, but let's look at the receipts. Like, what are the students <laughs> saying? <laughs> That's funny. That's so funny. Um, yeah. Wow. Right. Well, I guess we should I guess we should ask a little bit about the um, Valley Edition and stuff like that. And like, what's the big story over there? Like, what's going on? Oh, it's just one terrible, heartbreaking story after the other. I mean, okay. <laughs> really, like some of the shows sometimes are so dark that like we just start laughing. Like, yeah. And so the like last week, I can't remember what it was, but it was like outbreak in a state hospital, COVID outbreak in a state hospital, and you know, farm workers who were getting screwed over and some other thing. And so my news director made a comment when I was recording the promo and she was like, yeah, another, you know, shiny fun stories from Valley Edition. And I'm like, oh, should I, should I throw in uh, something about sex trafficking or just to spice it up for next week? Like, uh, no, but I mean, we, we try to, um, have some lightness, like they've poets on and crap Mm. like that, but I shouldn't say crap like that. We love poets. Um, crap like I, that. <laughs> no, I, no I, I like poetry too. Yeah. But I, I, you know, what we try to do with the show is elevate voices and communities that are often overlooked by other media outlets. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so, you know, that there's just a lot of suffering in the Valley, to be mm-hmm. honest. And so I just, it tends to be dark. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but you know, whatever. I try to, I try to calm you with my voice, so mm-hmm. that it is very calming. So the, po- the poison goes down. It's, it's <laughs> very calming. There's very like calming. Your, your voice, the jazz music plays, and I'm like, I'm calm. Yeah. I'm, I'm asleep. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I need to come over. I need to come over to your house and like drop a book. I'm ready. I'm ready for the for what, what happens. Honestly, though, my podcasting this is not good for. I guess my own business, but like my podcasting, like listening habits has just gotten, it's just gotten bad because I don't have my drive anymore. I don't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. Usually I would listen to podcasts while I'm driving, but now that I'm not driving as much. Well, don't you go I on those listen. long multi-hour walks? Why don't you just listen? That's when I listen to mine is. When oh I yeah. No, walks. that's when I listen to it. But like, or I don't I do know. It was, it was a lot more, I don't know. The, the, the drive just kind of like ruined a little bit of like that rhythm. It's like, I'm like, I, I guess- Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just saying like all my podcasts are like piling up. Like even the ones I like listen to way more often, I don't even listen to as much. I don't know. It's just weird. It's just a different. I don't know. I don't know if like there's statistics in KBPR with like people's listening habits changing. Yeah. So uh, right when the pandemic started, our listenership went in the toilet. Mm-hmm. Like it sunk because mm-hmm. yeah. people weren't in their cars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, but weirdly, it's totally gone up. Like we've had some of the best numbers in our history mm-hmm. of late. So, you know, I guess people are figuring it out. Also, I think people are 
Bored. just out and about a lot more. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're like back. They're like, what stay at home order? Like, oh, true. You know, so I don't know. Well, um, yeah. Now it's literally like yeah. what stay at home order. It's gone, right? So it is gone. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, some people forgot that that was even a thing. I forgot, yeah. honestly. I kind of forgot that that was in place in December. Well, since December, I'm like, oh, that was a thing. Uh, thanks, Newsom. <laughs> but yeah. But I think I think I listen to more podcasts mm. since the pandemic started because I like when I'm cleaning house or just, mm-hmm. pet, you know, whatever, doing laundry. Like I always have my headphones in and I'm listening to something and then my husband will start talking to me and I have to pull out my headphones. I, I, roll, I, I roll my eyes and he... <laughs> And then he, so it's become like a thing in our house where like him and my stepdaughter will be like, ah, what? Like I've become a meme. <laughs> nice. Like what, what the heck? I have AirPods. So, and I have this hair. So like no one can ever see when I'm listening to anything, Same. but I still get so Same. angry when they don't just know. <laughs> <laughs> what yeah, the hell? Like, ah, <laughs> every yeah. day with this. Like, <laughs> I, I truly hate, I truly hate it. Like, yeah. I feel you. Yeah. Sometimes I don't take them out. I'm just like, if you're speaking to me, I can't hear you. And I'm just like still doing the things I'm doing. Yeah. Well, and let's be, let's be honest. When they interrupt you for some nonsense, like mm-hmm. that's the worst. Yeah. Like if you're in the middle of my story, man. Yeah. What's your, make it good at least. What, what's your favorite podcast right now? I was just going to ask that. You know, I am obsessed right now with a podcast called You're Wrong About. Mm. And it's two journalists um, one will do a deep dive on some big event that happened in the past, like the mm-hmm. O.J. Simpson trial or uh, the Valdez oil spill, um, some big event. And uh, the other one will go in just kind of cold and they explain what actually happened. And in doing mm-hmm. so, they almost always identify the ways in which the media, the, in, w- in which the press just hung on to some narrative that wasn't true. Mm. And it's been a really um, eye-opening thing for me as a journalist, as somebody who teaches journalism. You know, I always talk about it as the first draft of history and Mm -hmm. and so important to democracy. And all of those things are true. Um, But I think this podcast has helped me see the limitations of it. Yeah. And the responsibility that journalists have in real time to tell stories with nuance mm-hmm. and with perspective. And, and I think this kind of ties into why I feel so strongly about diversity in news. Like we mm-hmm. need different points of view to help us see uh, what we wouldn't otherwise see. You know, I'm reading a book right now. I'm now I'm on a total rant. No, go uh, ahead. Go, go go ahead. ahead. I'm, a, I'm reading a book right now called, um, what's it called? Hold on. The Undocumented Americans, mm. I think, or The Undocumented American incredible written by a woman who is an undocumented American Mm. and she's telling these stories in a way that the media just never frames them. Mm. And I'm like, this, this is what we need. So anyway, yeah, you're wrong about is awesome. I love it. It's really funny. I'm going to have to check that out because you know, I'm, I've, I've also heard that uh, journalism is the first draft of history thing. And the thing about first drafts is they're normally pretty bad. Um, right. right. So I think it's almost within, it's like within the nuance of the phrase, like it's there, you know, and there's like a lot of times where the media has really ran with something that just wasn't, 
like wasn't a thing. Like I, I, I actually listened to this whole pod. I don't remember the name of it, but it was a whole podcast about like the satanic panic of the eighties and like the hysteria that sort of like gripped the whole country and like local papers got caught up in this like story about like every school is, has like a cabal of Satanists in it. And, you know, it just got caught up in it. Um, so I'm, I'm always thinking about that and whether or not the it's, it's being like a manufactured crisis is happening or anything like that. Yeah. These moral panics. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, we're in the middle of one now, right? right? I mean, this is history just repeating itself. Mm. But the thing is, people went to prison yes. during the satanic panic. Yes. Like, yeah. There were real, this was long craziness time. Long time. and huge implications as a result of it. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. It's nuts. What a mess. <laughs> yeah. What, what a mess. mess. <laughs> what a mess. Yeah, what a mess. <laughs> that might be the episode title. What a mess. What a mess. Um, <laughs> I like, oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah. What a mess. What a yeah, mess. This is just this what a, is a full, just a full on mess. <laughs> yeah. But, <laughs> but thank you for coming on, Kathleen. This has yeah, been thank you so amazing. Much. This has been fun. Oh, thank you. This has been the highlight of my day. It's, yeah, will, this is probably I, the funniest episode as well, too. Well, I, I, I find myself hilarious. Yeah. Nobody else thinks No, we do. We do, do, too. I mean, like, I've always found you funny, Kathleen. I always found you pretty funny. Yeah. Oh, Tommy, I, you know, I remember when I first met you and... I think somebody had come into the rampage office and they were like, Oh, Kathleen. And you were like, everybody loves Kathleen. Did I say that? I didn't, I guarantee you. I did not that mean it that sounds way. sounds like Tommy. That sounds like Tommy. That's him. I'm like, Oh, this kid hates me. No, okay. I don't. I, I truly did not. That's crazy. That's, 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 I can't even see myself saying that. Although apparently Ram can. So I guess no, that says you, something. You <laughs> about me you give off energy that you i think that some people perceive you as like oh man Hostile. tommy does not like me yeah you know i've heard that i've heard that um <laughs> from people before uh, yeah and uh, i and then i'm usually the, the, the one doing pr afterwards it's like i he didn't mean it that way <laughs> He didn't mean that way. He actually likes you. You know what's funny? We have thought about this recently because he was asking me why I don't follow anybody from the pod on Twitter, <laughs> <laughs> even though they try to follow me and I don't follow back. Yes, if you, if there's been a guest on this podcast and Tommy does not follow you, I apologize. <laughs> just, he does not mean it. I ju I just I just I I I have a curated. We can't call them friends of the pod if you're we're not actually well, friends. Well, okay, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> See fair what I have to deal with Kathleen. You could say friend of the pod, but not Tommy. <laughs> not yeah, but not mine. Tommy. No, I, the brand, they're, they're my but friends. Not, but I, not of Tommy. No, but I'll literally be in group chats with them and not be following them on Twitter. Like, it was crazy. <laughs> um, yeah, well. You know what? Boundaries. Yeah, boundaries. Yeah, that's what I was like, Yeah, boundaries. But. And, you know, but anyway, the, the point of it is, like, the, the aura around me, it's an illusion. Like, I really love everybody. Truly. <laughs> Truly. And if you get to know me, I'm very friendly, honestly. You you are very friendly and you are an unbelievable unbelievably skilled leader. Like I just Thank think you. You oh my gosh, that's crazy. A an, an atmosphere of support 
but also expectations, you know, you're holding people to high expectations, but you have, you, you meet them where they are. Um, you're just, you're really, God, you're really talented. Bro. Thank I'm you. I'm excited to see where your, where your career is going to go. I'm, ex- I'm excited part. too. <laughs> <laughs> I am moderating my expectations, but I am excited to see where my career will go. Yes. Thank you. It's going to go places. That's extremely yeah, kind of you, you to say. Do you have any, do you have any plugs, Kathy? Oh yeah. Anything you want to plug right plug? now? Like mm. KBPR work. Besides someone else's podcast, like, <laughs> you know. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I, oh, I guess I should plug this. I'm interviewing Tamara Keith, who's the White House correspondent for NPR. She's been covering Trump for the Ooh. last four years. Oh, yeah. She's um, on my politics pod a lot. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And she's actually from Hanford. Oh, really? Um, and, and I went to grad school with her. So I'm oh, cool. doing a fundraiser for Valley Public Radio. That's the evening of February 6th. Um, so if you want to hear me talk to my old colleague about how awesome her career is, uh, you can do that on February 6th. Yeah, how how covering Trump must have aged her. <laughs> Ooh, I, I know mean, it aged me hearing about it. <laughs> <laughs> aged all of us. God, yeah. crazy. Um, I guess, uh, well, here's something, uh, maybe something to end on. What would you say to all the journalists who are still in school learning during this time? Should they stick it out? Is it worth it? Oh, Lord. <laughs> No, I'm hearing. All right. <laughs> no, okay. Um yes, yes. Okay. So I I I firmly I, I don't just believe I know that democracy cannot function without good reporting. In fact, I'm doing a I'm moderating a panel discussion tomorrow that'll be on this week's Valley edition about, you know, what happens in communities when a local newspaper close a shop. And what we see is that voting participation goes low, goes, goes down, civic engagement goes down, people stop running for office and government corruption goes up. Mm. So does spending um, in these communities that don't have local papers, even if they have radio and TV and other stuff uh, reporting that municipal spending goes up between like five and 11 percentage points. Like politicians are just like, nobody's watching. Mm. We'll do what we want. Mm-hmm, yeah. So like we need trained, intelligent, nuanced, diverse people um, out there telling stories. Um, but, you know, the field is changing and I don't know what it's going to look like five, 10 years from now. Um, I don't think journalism is dead by any stretch oh, of the no. imagination, but it is, it's evolving in a way that, I just have a lot of, there are, there are things I'm optimistic about and there's things I'm really concerned about. And so, you know, we'll just, we'll see how it goes, but yes, it's a worthwhile career. And, uh, oh, I should also, also plug my, uh, program. So come to Fresno city college and study journalism, kids. <laughs> <laughs> it's well, difficult. We, we, no, we, I, I will always stand Fresno city college. Absolutely. Journalism program. Five by wouldn't be a thing. Five by five nine wouldn't be a thing Absolutely without it. Absolutely not. You know? Yeah. This wouldn't be a thing without it. So. Yeah. Hey, I've got a question for you. For okay. Us or, yeah. Yeah. So, so why, what, what is motivating you to do this? Oh, what's motivating? Oh, spite. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> spite? Well, I, partly about that is, uh, 
like you said, like journalism has to evolve. And I think during my time at the Rampage, during my time at the Collegian, I saw the limitations of journalism as a business because we are like, this is, I used to think it was like the individual journalists, like, oh, you guys don't know how to adapt to the web. You guys don't know. But then I realized like, oh, it's not them. They're doing great work. It's like the corporations, just the system of how we do business and how that relates on how we cover people or how we cover our communities. Like, cause for example, Gannett or McClatchy, they don't care about, they probably don't, they, they want to seem appear like they care, but at the end of the line is a business, you know? Mm-hmm. And my motivation is like, I, this is like an experiment of like trying to, I guess, crowdfund or create a sustainable journalist journalism institution that is supported by the community with the community's interests at heart instead of stockholders or whatever business entities and do journalism in a way that's kind of like the rampage and like uh, that believes in their writers like you you know you could do whatever you want or cover what you want cover what's important to the community we were just uh, joking on twitter the other day that five by was just rampage to the sequel um, yeah, this is basically because yeah. I love the Rampage so much that like I kind of wanted to recreate that, but for the for Fresno, yeah, and you know when we we're this is for the patrons we were gonna do a report, but like well we're gonna start freelancing more people. Oh, and, good. Uh, you know, doing more reporting, uh, and you know, and basically enacting good business practices. I mean, I know I I. I I could do a whole podcast about like my struggles right now. I'm like, oh, well, man, we have to operate under capitalism still. And like, how do we do this ethically? Mm-hmm. You, know? But you know, what's funny. It was so I uh, so seldom um, arguing in favor of capitalism, but you know, it was that business model, that advertising based business model that mm-hmm. enabled the journalism profession that we know it to. Oh yeah. Right. And now, and now social media has just sort of taken oh, all those ad dollars and yes, so, pulled them away. And so we're, we're having to reimagine the business model. And that, that, yeah, I no, my mind, my mind is like, this is all I think about for like the past three years. Cause like people did not get like, I guess people who own biz, uh, newspapers did not get that. You can't just replicate what you did with the newspaper. Cause the newspaper was the only place you could gather any information. That was the only place to get information. The business model was here's the information you want. Here's ads right next to it. Money, you get what you need. We get to pay journalists, yada, yada, yada. But when the internet happened, they thought that they could just replicate that but on the, on the web, on like a web page. But you just can't put your information out, put ads right next to it when information is freely available everywhere, you know? Yeah, and and the ad rate they can't generate the kind of advertising mm-hmm. revenue that they did. They did that they did in print. Mm-hmm. I mean, if yeah. I if I if I sold whatever candy bars and mm-hmm. wanted to do some online ad placements, am I going to put my money to, or give my money to the Fresno Bee or am I going to give it to Facebook? Yeah, Facebook, right. Google. Yeah, you know, so they absorb all that ad money and like. I guess what I'm saying with Five Buy is like my bet is that if you can make your community care, if you can make your community invest in this institution, in the institution of journalism, maybe it can support and be sustainable. You know, it's sustain itself. That's my bet with Five Buy. And I think like journalism as a whole kind of needs to evolve where you need to like really highlight your reporters. 
mm-hmm. need to believe in them to be like because like it should be reversed now it shouldn't be oh i write for the fresno b it should be like this person the fresno b has this person yeah this fresno yeah. b has this person and you should believe in that you should invest in their work you should invest in the person not the brand like you yeah, should you should yeah, invest in tommy you should invest into tommy because he's the one who cares about this community he's the one who's writing about the community uh you're just you're just giving us money so he could live basically that's our angle yeah it's sort of like so if the old model was like you're selling space to corporations to get ad dollars i guess this is more like you're cultivating a a parasocial relationship to generate money and fund the projects which is is a little spicier different chat has its own challenges but that's how the web i think but it's has, how it yeah it's, yeah mm. that's just how it evolved it actually the personalities was, are the commodity rather i subscribe than to a lot of like newsletters objects. about like media whatever practices and one of them said like a weird a funny uh an idea it was just like he said that maybe we should treat reporters like music labels treat their musicians you know like mm. i like the, yeah. the, the like maybe for example the fresno b is the music label and i am just gonna push these reporters like look at the work that they're doing mm-hmm. please give us money so we could continue to uh keep them alive and <laughs> basically I, I think a big part of it too is just that like because <clears throat> like for the be the funding mechanism is there they have a subscription model it's just that they don't run a very good website like it's <laughs> it's it's website's trash it's it it honestly makes your brain like bleed out of your own ears like being on there for yeah. longer than a few minutes and like it's truly like it's it's sort of like it, it's sort of like step one is there but like step two is not there like they haven't um yeah. finessed it to understand it you know yeah this is very like inside baseball but like i mean that that is the crisis in journalism mm-hmm. it's just like funding yeah funding because of like the web of because of the internet and then just like how do we, they never i i don't think any newspaper institution has ever adapted to it fully and then you know i kind of just said like why not try like we could try well no and you see we're gonna we're gonna charge a subscription but then we're gonna have five ads in the story <laughs> mid, and then there's gonna be a video that auto plays at the beginning <laughs> that scrolls with the story <sighs> and then there's a paywall too and there's a pay <laughs> oh so painful it's so it's painful just, yeah. it's really upsetting yeah, yeah like <laughs> truly yeah, that, like i mean i can criticize that too because it's like it's it doesn't it's they're not interested in like the reader experience they're not interested in any of that shit they just care about like how do we they're in survival mode they're always in survival mode which is not a good mode to be in to like to grow because mm-hmm. you're just kind of like keeping yourself alive you're not really creating new things to maybe potentially keep it to make it better maybe i don't know well and i don't want to beat up on the fresno beat no, oh, no, no, of course. no we i'm always, just using them I'm yeah just we, using them as, uh, they're just the easiest example because everyone knows their name and stuff that's just yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and it's all the McClatchy properties or mm. formerly McClatchy papers, yeah. you know, have that same interface. And oh, yeah. <laughs> Which is like <laughs> unfortunate. Well, this is what, when I graduated, I was like, I really wish I learned more about like the business of journalism. I mm-hmm. wish there was like a class on like hmm. how that Well, works. once you go back to grad school, you can come back no. and teach that class. <laughs> can't no. you? You can get back to your community that way. I mean, <laughs> I, I, let's see if I by succeeds. Yeah, and we'll then see. Maybe I could start teaching that. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think at the end of the day, we just have to re-educate people mm-hmm. to get used to paying for content. Mm-hmm. And nobody wants to do that. Mm-hmm. Never. 
Nothing. But we just yeah. have to start paying for content. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like the NPR, like the NPR model uh, works works too. It's just like I don't know how much the nonprofit. Uh, you know, I don't think every journalism institution should go nonprofit. No, I don't either. And then I don't either. there's also the idea about like, what if the government pays for journalism? But I'm like, that's kind of weird also. So there's all these weird yeah. economic challenges. Because it's like that, the difference between like sort of nationalized yeah. media versus like state, literally state run media is like not a good thing. We right? Don't want, See, I'm, yeah, I'm, you don't I'm, want that. So. I always, <laughs> this, this is my bet with five by once, you know, Tommy is like, Tommy and five by is a guinea pig of like, if we center it around reporters, their personality, their skill set, maybe people will want to because it's easier to invest in a person than it is to invest in a brand, you know? Mm-hmm. I think. I would hope. I would hope. That's I why hope I'm I'm really we'll let you know by the end of this. Let's well, try year. I'm like, what what happens with this experiment? Well, when we get off, I'm going to sign up as a Patreon. Oh, but, thank you. That's so but funny. I will only sign up at the level at which Tommy starts following me on Twitter. <laughs> That's several well, we, thousands of dollars. <laughs> <laughs> we're putting, no, I, we're putting that. I will follow you. I honestly, no, sure. I, I never, I never tweet. Yeah. I, I, we're gonna put that in the. <laughs> we might put that at the highest tier. Like yeah. Tommy will, will finally follow you. Follow you. Yeah, we'll follow you back. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, well, this is a great segue for Tommy's plugs. Tommy, you should just plug. Anyways. Oh, yeah. So, OK, so you can follow five by five nine at Twitter dot com slash five by five nine. You can also subscribe to our newsletter on our website, five by five nine dot com. You've been listening to the five by five nine podcast sponsored by that same newsletter. Uh, we would love it if you left us a review on iTunes or shared our posts on Spotify and such. Uh, you can follow me at TommyWrites, Twitter.com slash TommyWrites, two eyes and writes with a pen. And you can follow Ram at Twitter.com slash VibesRadiator. And yeah, uh, you can subscribe um, to us on Patreon.com slash 5 yeah, by Please five go nine. to the Patreon at Patreon.com slash 5 by 5 9 And yeah, become a patron. We have cool stuff. Cool stuff for you. <laughs> cool the poster is actually really cool. Like we keep, Yeah, like, we are. Actually, I actually, cannot stress this enough. That shit looks amazing. If, yeah. If any patrons is still waiting on that, I need to figure out how to mail that sh- stuff without it <laughs> bending. Uh, I mean, it's too, it's too thick cardstock. The this science, just, the science of making no. a poster not bend in an envelope is no. It's because the it's so okay, difficult. it's just it's too thick of a cardboard to like or cardstock to to do the tubes. So mm-hmm. I don't know if that's good to do, but it will get to you. We're gonna live and point. learn, and when we launch a poster on the merch site, that cardstock's gonna be a lot thinner. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, the merch store should be open to everybody by now. Oh, oh yeah yeah so it should be open oh yeah so you to, can is there what's the link for yeah the one? link is five by five nine dot big cartel.com it'll be in the okay. show notes on yeah. our twitter everywhere we go have buy a, go a buy t-shirt a and a hoodie yeah go buy a hoodie go buy a t-shirt they're they're both cool locally and printed as locally well. printed and all our money goes back into the community you know yeah also our posters are union printed so <laughs> Uh, don't say I don't support we it. Love we love unions. We workers. support unions here. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's it. Bye. Yeah, but thank you, Kathleen. Thank you, thank you for, for being on. Thank you for having yeah, me. Yeah, this was uh, this bye, was actually bye. really fun. Yeah. All right. See y'all. See y'all. Bye.